Once again, here's the host of All Things Employment, Vicki Causa, on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, and we will continue our interesting conversation here. As I said at the top of the hour, we are introducing a segment called Careers In, and our first segment is Careers in Education. We're talking to to educator Jerry O'Rourke, who has been a principal, has been in the administrative side as well as the teaching side for quite some time. And Jerry's been giving us some very good tips and information and insights into what people should expect in a teaching career, what, how to get started, what's the best way to, to think about whether or not this is something you want to do. And again, our phone lines are open. Please feel free to give us a call, 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. So I want to go ahead and continue with some of the questions or some of the answers that we're getting uh, from Jerry, and I'm, I'm thank her very much for what she's been able to provide with us. I guess another question I would ask, especially in this market, you know, you, you, everybody reads the paper, and we know that there's so many positions being let go and so many industries being affected by mass layoffs and all. I guess my question to you is, do you think careers in education will be plentiful in any market? You know, you told us that in your 30 years, you were out of work one time for eight months, and that's a great track record. So would you think, in your opinion, careers in education would be sustainable in just about any market? No, oh, I think so. I, there's always going to be a need for teachers. Uh, and, uh, like I said earlier, especially for math, math and science teachers and um, also technology teachers, teachers that can teach the students how to run the multimedia desk or laptop that's in front of them. There's always going to be a need for them. So, you know, there's going to be a need. Geography has a lot to do with it. I know for a long time there was a teacher shortage in the southern states that they were advertising sign-on bonuses if you decided to teach in District XYZ. So I'm sure there's always going to be a need. It's just making sure that you're, you know, the people that are interested in the career are willing to relocate if they can and will be willing to teach in a different part of the state, the United States where they hadn't really thought of before. Mm, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always going to be a need. Yeah, I mean, I think with education, because people obviously there's children that are you know growing in every every portion of the country, and there's always going to be families who need to educate their children. So I guess it's almost something that you can bank on as a as a, a career that's never going to see much of a downturn. So that that's great information. I guess another question I would ask this: you know, we've seen a lot of advertisements, at least in the area that I live. They're talking to or they're they're targeting advertisements or information to people who maybe corporate have corporate experience or have been in the corporate world for many, many years, and what they're trying to do is entice them to get into the world of teaching because for such a time there, as you, as you mentioned, a teaching shortage or a you know not enough people to choose from in the field, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who may have had a corporate career for 15 or 20 years and now finds themselves at a crossroads where they're having to think about, do I want to continue in the corporate field or should I explore the idea of education? What advice would you give to someone who's looking to change careers? Well, the first thing I would ask them is why. Why make the change? Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of humor, I would say, was it so that you could wield the red pen <laughs> or, or, you know, or take off the two months for summer vacation, which, which is a fallacy. Right. So, uh, why, why, why the change? What in the education field attracts you? Because mm-hmm. you get to hold the chalk, or mm-hmm. you're the line leader. You know, what, what is it? Um, not too long ago, my niece was a junior in college, and she wasn't sure what she wanted to do with her psychology degree. You know, at first she thought she wanted to be a, a school guidance counselor. And um, she didn't want. She didn't know. 
So I had, you know, in talking with her, I said, you know, what do you want to do? So she says to me, oh, I don't know. If I can't find a job, I'll just teach. Hmm. And I, I looked at her and I said, honey, it's not that easy. You know, there, there needs to be something in it that you really want to do. So I suggested at the time that, uh, and, and, and if anybody, you know, anybody out there in the corporate world who feel that, you know, working in the corporate world with adults all the time is, is do- you're done and you want to go into a new venture, go volunteer. Mm. Volunteer in a local school. At the grade level you're interested in. You know, uh, it, do three-year-olds interest you? Go into a preschool program. Do you like the give and take and the, and the dialogue that will go between you and a high school student? Go into a local high school. Observe. Observe the teacher. Observe the class. Ask questions of the teacher, of the class, of parents in the district. Or better yet, ask yourself questions such as, are you patient? Mm. Are you creative? Are you enthusiastic? Are you compassionate? And if you could answer yes to all of those questions without hesitation, then maybe the corporate world would be losing someone, but the education world would be gaining somebody. Well, that's great advice. That is absolutely wonderful. I can remember not so long ago traveling in the subways uh, when I was working in New York City, there were subway signs or or advertisements enticing people to think about going into an education field and how you can be an asset to young people coming up today. So, you know, from that respect, yes, but I think you bring up some great points. You know, it's not all about just transferring your corporate experience to the teaching world. There's a whole set of rules and regulations and a whole set of experiences that you, you will be gaining and will have to follow. Now, you touched upon something that I wanted to bring up, and I wasn't really sure how to do it, but you opened the door, so I will. You know, favorite <laughs> school of thought is that, you know, teachers only work for 10 months a year and get paid for 12. Such a deal. What are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, most of the time, people will say, well, they work from 8 to 3, they're off at 3 o'clock, and they're home on the weekends, they're home for the summer. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I wish it was a 10-month, uh, 10-month-long uh, employment with a 12-month salary. But it's, it's much more than that. You know, the day doesn't end at 3 o'clock. There are some teachers I know that stay in their classrooms or in their buildings till 4, 5 o'clock at night, and what they're doing is planning, planning for the next day, sitting and thinking about how they could help Johnny get over the problem of not being able to solve a math problem. Uh, people that I have come in contact with never stop working. The school calendar on the wall may say that it's May or June and school is out for the summer, but educators look at it as downtime or an opportunity to take classes, to plan for the next school year, to better themselves in an area they want to excel in in the coming year, um, you know, come up with an exciting project for their classes for the, for the next school year, work on a program or work on an assignment for the new year ahead. Many teachers look at the summer months as a time to recharge batteries. Mm. You know, I always tell my teachers, go ahead, see you in September or the end of August, but come back with a new set of batteries because we're going to need it for the long haul when school starts back up in the, at the end of the summer. Teachers also look at it as a time to reconnect with family members, you know, mm. having being able to sit down as, as opposed to always having to run out to that practice, that meeting, that event, that social activity. A time to reconnect, and a lot of teachers use that time to read yeah. and to enjoy some of the pleasures they like to do over the summer months. 
Well, as I said, you know, a lot of people look upon it as, oh, it's a 10-month job and almost anybody can do it. So apparently what you're saying is, you know, just because it looks easy, first of all, not everybody can do it. And the day does not end at 3 o'clock. And there are papers and, and reports to do. And, and then that all-important parent-teacher conference when you have to sit down and be prepared to tell Mr. and Mrs. Jones that, you know, Johnny is not at the head of the class as you think they are. So, I mean, there's a lot of different skills that come into it as opposed to just standing in front of a room, you know, leading a group. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when um, I was back in the, right before I went into administration, when I needed to sit and do my plans for the week, it would take me four to four and a half hours on a Sunday just getting ready to plan all of my activities, all of my lessons, all of my homework assignments for Monday to Friday week that would give me enough materials to cover for an 8 to 2.30 time of, uh, block of instruction. Then I always needed to make sure I had sub-plans in case I was called out to a meeting or I needed a call on sick. My sub needed to have plans to follow. So the, you know, the eight, eight, I wished it was 8 to 3. You know, there were many times when it was much later, and I wish it was Monday to Friday, but it's Monday to Monday. You know, there never yeah. really seems to be enough, and never enough time in the day. Never. Yeah, I can imagine. And then I think the other thing that, that sometimes, I know when, when my children were young and we would be in the supermarket and we'd meet up with the teacher, you know, you, you're in the private mode at that point, but all of a sudden your student recognizes you in the supermarket and you've got to snap back into being Mr. Mister, Miss So-and-so in front of the room. So there's never really downtime. You're always sort of on when you're a teacher. That if I'm a Absolutely. You're always, yeah. you're always on. You know, my family laughs at me because there's a, a mall that's not too far from where we live, and the joke in the family is I haven't been there in three years, so that there is time, so that I could be who I am when I want to be who I am, and and not be someone different. You know, there are times when I need to be mom, and there are times when I need to be, you know, my sister's sister or my mother's daughter, and not always be, you know, this family's teacher or that family's teacher. So, um, you know, it, it's gotten to be a running joke in the family that I I tend to rearrange my driving habits so as to live where I live and work where I work. So I guess you must do a lot of online shopping then to sort of stay anonymous, yes? Uh, quite a bit of online shopping. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Vicki, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just want to remind listeners, our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. That's 888-GO-FOR-IT. Now, Jerry, another couple of questions, too. You know, we talked a lot about, and you have been an educator uh, for your, most of your career, all of your career, actually, and, you know, most people think of education and say, you know, uh, well, I don't want to be a teacher, but I want to be in the education field. Are there other things that people can do in that field? Without having to quote unquote teach. Oh sure. Uh, uh, most first of all, most people that are in the field of education start off as teachers, mm-hmm. and they may spend a year or two in the classroom and find something else in the field that interests them. Um, a couple of examples are: um, you can be a guidance counselor mm. or a mentor. You know, a mentor for. Um, a local um, boys or girls club, or a um, you know at the Y, you know mm-hmm. you could mentor you could mentor young students, or now in some areas you could be a mentor to some non English speaking families mm-hmm. with, with an education background. You can do you you'll be able to do that. You can also be an education coach, where uh, a student is having difficulty in the class and mom doesn't quite know how to get the information about what's going on in the class, and you can come in and you could be the one to help with the parent-teacher conference or ah, with, 
you know, which is which is something that uh, I know as, as as administrators we would look for someone who could help with an interpretation or to explain what the difficulty is in a child's education career. So that would it's another area of specialty. Another one is a special education advocate. Um, just yesterday, I was talking to someone who uh, has uh, a child with special ed needs and. She would go to the yearly meetings, and there wouldn't be anybody there to help her. And I said, well, you know, you need an education advocate there for you, you know, for for you and for your child so they can get all of the tools they need in order to be successful in the classroom. That's that's another area where, you know, you you don't have to be in the classroom, but yet you can still be in the field of education. That's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's It's a great chance for, you know, for people to share their skills and talents. Yeah, that's a great option. As I said, you know, so many people are looking now to change careers or do something different than what they've done in the past, and this sounds like a great avenue for them to, you know, to be able to go into. Which, Jerry, we're almost out of time, but there's one more question I want to ask you, and, and it may, you know, uh, spark something in you. I don't know, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You know, we've all heard the expression, you know, those who can do and those who can't teach. How do teachers feel about that? Well, my, uh, my answer to that is, well, somebody needs to be able to do it. You know, there has to be some, if it wasn't for the teachers, how could those that can do, do what they do? <laughs> if they needed to have someone show them the way, you know, yeah. uh, be, being able to share a, a love of a, of a subject area or the interest or the love, the love of reading. You know, I mm-hmm. love to read, to be able to sit with people and have them read, especially kindergartners, is one of the best things that could ever happen. I have them come in, we sit on the floor in my office and they read to me. And then when they go, I send them a note. I send a note home to the parents, telling them that so and so was sent to the principal's office to read, oh, and cool. they absolutely love it. They absolutely love it. So you know, yeah, those who can do, those who can't teach. Well, somebody needed to teach those who can do what they do. Well, you know, that's a great that's a great way to to, to sort of get to the end of this. Is one of the thing I wanted to say too. I mean, many of us have seen you know the bumper sticker that says, "If you can read this, thank a teacher," and that goes along right along with what you just said. You know that it, somebody has to be there to be teaching it to you, otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. So that's that's a fabulous segue into uh, into the end of our program. So we're almost out of time, but again, I wanted to take the time to thank Jerry O'Rourke for being with us today. Jerry has been inspirational, I believe, in in, in answering some of our questions. You certainly seem to still be enthusiastic about the the career that you chose some 30 years ago. You know, it started off for you when you were very young, you know, overheard a conversation, and, and that blossomed into a great career for you. You know, you sound like somebody who cares an awful lot about who they teach and what they do and sharing the love that you have for your subject, you know, for people who are, who are coming up. That's a great, great thing. And if we don't get our youth educated and prepared for the next step, we're in bad shape. So I think that's a great thing. I think teaching is a great profession. I applaud you. I applaud teachers. I think we could all think back into our past and know that there's one or two teachers there that really made a difference to us, and I think you're one of them for many students. So, again, thank thank you so much for being with us. I truly appreciate it. You're welcome. You're very welcome. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to All Things Employment on TalkZone.com. We're just about out of time. I do want to encourage you to give us a call. If you'd like, you can call us at our office at 1-800-287-4713. Or if you'd like to even email us, you can email us at info at allthingsemployment.com. 
If there's subject matter you'd like us to see, like to share on a show or career experts you'd like to have, let us know. We'll be more than happy to try to get those for you. So again, good luck to all of you in job hunts this week. And uh, we'll see you on the next next episode. Thanks again for listening to All Things Employment on TalkZone.com.